Annie Mackey here with Conversations with Ask the Pool Guy. And now Curtis here with Conversations with Ask the Pool Girl. So we had some interesting things happen this week and around a book that we talk about quite a bit. I think that's what our intentions today are to talk about. Okay. I think so. Okay. So the book that Al is talking about is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. There is also a super TED Talk by the same name. It's one of the top ten ever of all times. Top ten ever. Yep. I can see yep. why. It is absolutely fabulous. So if you have a chance, I would definitely pick up the book. Especially if you find yourself in a place where you're wondering either how to frame your life around something that's a little more fulfilling or if you are with a company that's trying to develop a stronger company culture because I think one of the main takeaways that I've gotten from Simon's lessons are when we start with why we do something instead of what we do or how we do something we become much more powerful in our messaging we also feel much better about what it is that we're doing and a couple of the things that we'll talk about today are what has happened when we've been sharing that kind of in lesson form this past week with people because we picked up the book and watched the TED talk at least a couple many, of years, many, ago. Many years ago mm -hmm. and we started implementing a lot of the concepts but hadn't really been talking about it and explaining it to people so I think we want it, to explain it, was, it a little bit. Today. It was the basis of sort of where we started the new evolution of what we've become over the last three or four years. Absolutely. And what's interesting thing about that TED Talk is that was actually a TEDx event. It wasn't a TED event. It was at one of the very early TEDx events, which are sort of the ancillary to the to the TED conventions, and it has just become just like the world renowned of uh, one of the like I guess I had one of the top ten. And how many TED Talks are there? Thousands. Thousands. And there's a lot of great ones. So but one Simon best. Sinek continues to come back. And, and the whole idea of the book, to start with why, it's beyond what he's talking about specifically, which really applies here, is he's talking about leaders. What makes a great leader? And the, the people that have made real changes in the world, who have created significance and significant actions and really created a cause are the great leaders of the world and those if you study the lives of those people that have become great leaders had a really strong why it wasn't a what it wasn't a how it was a why do I believe this way and I think that's what both of us picked up on early on in the book and we're probably talking five years ago now I think that book probably came out in 2006, 7, 8, something like that. We're now reviewing the book again with a group of people, but it's been quite a few years for us, but I know that that's had a significant effect on how we approach things, and and it's been a, a really cool experience to then now be able to share kind of our story and what's happened in our lives as a result of understanding where we were coming from was our why, but we hadn't framed it in those words until we were introduced to Simon Sinek. Right. What people may notice if they listen to our podcasts or watch our videos on YouTube is that Al and I are very philosophy-based in what we share. We also share a variety of kind of nuts and bolts kind of tips and things like that, but what we really focus on the most is the philosophy. And the philosophy, I think, is just another way of saying in every way that we possibly can, we explain 
why we do this. And as Simon Sinek would say, people want to do business that believe the way that they believe or that approach the world in the way that they approach the world. So that's why we are a pool company, which can be considered a common thing. There's many pool companies, but why we're such a different pool company and why it's so hard to put it into words is because we express everything through our why. And it's not as simple if you're looking to approach this for yourself. It's not as easy as just starting to explain to people you know, well, I went through this exercise and I started with what, and then I decided how I did it, and then I came to my why, and so here's why I'm special. It doesn't work like that. What it uh, works like is you do the inner work to figure out, sure, what do you do, and then you approach how you do it, and then as you explore why you do it, why, given all the choices that you have of what you could do tomorrow, why would you wake up and why would you do this? And that inner motivation becomes the basis for all of your sharing. So it's sharing through stories. It's sharing through your philosophy. It's sharing through um, explaining why you do things in story form almost so that people can pick up on the emotional nuances. And it's not as simple as saying, okay, I discovered my why, so here's my new why used as my new tagline. It's a lot more fundamental than that. I think when we get started with explaining why, I would imagine that certainly seeing how we've shared it with people and how we've been sort of teaching our certain way, which is how we're going to, we frame all of this is we have a way that we do business. We have a way that we think about doing business and we have our certain way in approaching people. When we've shared the why and then asked people their why, probably the, the, the instant, the easy thing is, well, if, if they're a company owner, then they say, well, it's to make money. Or if they're an employee, it's because I have a job and make money. And I think our initial why is probably always that. I mean, you kind of start something typically or you get a job to make money. That's sort of what I would consider permission to play. That's not why you stay there. You, you get used to a lifestyle. You get used to money. You get used to all those things. Sure. But you could do that anywhere. You could go get another job somewhere else and get accustomed to that because it makes money. But the question goes beyond that, which most people will start with, well, you know, because it's, uh, it's something that I have the skills for and I know how to do it and I can make money and provide a living. That's a good, very surface why. And, and that gets people just so far. But beyond that is then you drill it down, but why? Why do I do this to make money? Why do I do this to support my family? Why do I do this? And that's when you start drilling it down to... What am I? What's the core? Like you said, the inner work. Why am I motivated to do this? Why do I care enough to get up every day to do this? And unfortunately, we live in a world, and if you look at most business structures, and this is what Simon talks about so much in the book, is, is just about all the companies out there dwell in the what and how. And they really, the, the why is just sort of this thing and when they're driven by the what and the how, it's always driven by profits and money and, and that, which we know is important, but there's something deeper than that because we certainly know in any, you can look at all the statistics in the world, that people appreciate and, and would rather stay with someone that appreciates them, cares about them, rewards them by, by expressing it 
versus just giving them more money. There's a point where more money doesn't fix anything. And when you're simply in the business of what and how, you, th you think or management thinks that it's all about money because you're coming to work because you want to make money. And yet most people, most, most, most people, and I heard some interesting statistics I'll share in a few minutes, but most people, that's not why they stay. Sure, they come for the money because that's, of course, they're getting a job or you start a company to make money, but why do you stay doing it? It's way beyond the what and the how. So what are some of the statistics that you recently heard? Well, just recently I was listening to, uh, I'd watched a video online that was shared through another business organization. And this was a CEO of a very, very progressive company, pretty large company. I think there's 7,000 employees. And he was explaining that statistically 88% of the working force in America, which I think that currently there's 130,000 viable working people in America today, and 88% of them, oh, 130, I'm sorry, 100, 130 million, 130 million working people in America, and 88% of those 130 million don't like what they do or believe that their company doesn't like them, that there's something wrong there. 88%. So 12% of the people feel fulfilled at work and feel that the company appreciates them enough that they work there. And, and there's this huge gap in between of, of how I feel versus how the company feels. And when you look at that statistic, it's because there's not, there's not the why. It's the what and the how. How much money can I make? How can, we, how can we keep the shareholders happy? How can we this? How can we that? How can we increase profits? How can we, how can we, how can we? Leaves the people feeling always afraid of what's going to happen to them. Are they going to lose their job? I'm not appreciated at work. And this guy goes on to name all, you know, all these examples of people who within these organizations felt like they were too afraid to make mistakes because the rep, the, you know, one of the guys in particular, they're afraid to make those mistakes to get in trouble. But one of the guys, when asked, the CEO asked him, so, so why are you so proud of what you've done because they'd made changes and what's been the net result of that change? And this guy said, my wife started talking to me. And the CEO was floored by, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, I was so stressed at work because I was unappreciated at work because I was too afraid of everything that once we did this really cool thing and we, we decided to make this change on our own, some division of the company, and all this success, all this good stuff happened, he, and we got accolade for it, I started feeling better about what I was doing. And when I got home, obviously I treated my family differently and magically my wife started talking to me again because he was going home from work, stressed, worried, thought the company didn't like him, was always worried about his job. And that was good. He was going home and taking that with him, which was pushing all of his family and the ones he loved away from him until he started talking positively and feeling good about what he was doing. And he fell in love with his work, and the net result is his family was really attracted to him. And I think it, it's this thing that spills over in everything we do. When we're miserable at work, we don't turn around and become happy at home. We're miserable at home as well, and then we share that with those around us and who share that around them. But if we can be happy, if we can find contentment, if we can find the why we do this, if you get down to the core of why we do this, all of a sudden it starts feeling good. Even when sh shitty stuff happens, it feels good. 
that you're still working towards something, that there's a common goal, that you're in a team. There's, there's any number of ways for it to be a success and a, and a feel-good thing. But the feel-good part is the why. And oftentimes, most companies ignore that because they're looking at money, looking at profit. They're looking at the what they do and how they do it and how they can do it better and, and what they can do differently. But they have no idea why they're even doing it other than money. And when you take your eyes off of the money and you start looking at the why I feel the way I do, magic happens. I mean, it really does. In our case, for sure, it changed our whole tagline and our everything and how we approached it. So, I mean, you know, for what that's worth, that was, uh, that was pretty powerful in terms of why. You know, which led to that. That was when we started, then we, we got back into teaching that our, the, the class we're teaching is about our certain way and helping people understand their certain way because Wallace Waddle says in, in the, the book, The Science of Getting Rich, he says, you can have two companies doing the exact same business in the exact same town. One gets rich and one gets poor. One, one flourishes and creates an amazing business and the, uh, the next one struggles. And I have, I have a great example of that. It just happened to me recently. Two guys doing the same thing for 30 years and it's an ancillary business to the pool business. And one of these guys is just flourishing. You, you look at his, his views on his, when he pulls up, his vehicles are covered with American flags. And, you know, he has a sense of pride and sense of ownership. And, and he does all this stuff. And opportunities keep happening for him. And he's always got the money to do stuff. And then here's this other guy who, an, an, in the same business as he has, been around actually longer. And his trucks are falling apart. And I don't care what the truck looks like. It's more about the attitude because you know me. I just drive whatever needs to be driven. But you could sense it in this guy here who's been at it just as long, always having money trouble, always barely barely patching the truck enough to get, get down the road again and barely keeping it. And you got one guy flying a whole fleet of trucks with American flags, proud to be an American down the side of him, and one guy trying to squeak in and squeak out to make a few bucks real quick. Well, one's doing it in a certain way, and one hasn't found that certain way. And that's sort of that journey of discovering why you do what you do. And then once you discover why you do it, all of a sudden the how and the what kind of don't matter because they just, that part just opens up and it just happens. Well, I think that our start with why conversation very much relates to some of our conversations that we've done about having been in the business for a lot, for a long time and not necessarily loving it. I think that discovering the why is possible for anyone who cares to take the time to look at it. And I think one of the ways to explain this is back when we were not as happy with the pool company, it's because we were looking at what we did. We built pools and we serviced pools. And it wasn't until we thought about the why and thought about the bigger picture that the company began to blossom because an old, old way of looking at our golden circles, as Simon Sinek would refer to it, is what we did was worked on pools or built pools. How we did it was through innovative technology, through the use of the tools that we had. Uh, customer service was handled in the best way that we could at the time, but it wasn't very organized and it wasn't very special. And as a result, it brought in money, but it didn't fulfill a higher purpose, an inner purpose, an inner motivation. It was just kind of a thing that we did. And when we started looking at why, when I filled out my initial 
why it became a lot clearer to me why I do this. So why I market, so what I do is market for the swimming pool company and I coordinate everything on the service side, on the construction side, and the online presence. How I do it is through great communication with our team full of happy people. How I do it is by delegating some of the tasks when it comes to some of the online um, pieces. And how I do it is with a sense of optimism that our company keeps getting better and better, we keep on attracting amazing clients, and things are kind of um, building upon itself to make something spectacular. And why is because I want to be involved in something that is spectacular, something that creates a legacy for the future, something that we can be proud of, something that has growth potential. So all of my whys are not wrapped around, I do this to make money. No, I do this for the future and for the enjoyment of building something that's spectacular. And there's a lot of different ways that I can say it. And as we talk in our videos about the philosophy and about the reasons and things like that, in every way possible, we're expressing our why, but it's not necessarily something that you could fill out on a chart. It's the feeling. So the why is really that feeling that happens when it's all working the way that we want it to and the way that just becomes magical. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the magic that can't be put into words. Let's go back for me to those times where we had a big company and we were selling lots of pools and and like you you kind of explained it a few minutes ago about their service our customer service was functional but it wasn't optimal and i would sort of describe it as a train wreck waiting to happen it it wasn't it wasn't like catastrophically hanging off the edge of a cliff but it there was a lot of room for improvement for sure there was a lot that we were missing and when i say we i mean me in particular we were all doing the best that we could with what we had. And yet, it, it was still falling short. And a lot of that probably has to do with my inability to communicate and, and keep all of that straight because I was running around here doing this and I was running around here doing that and I wasn't delegating well. I wasn't communicating well with you to do these things. A lot of things happened there that certainly needed improvement. But once we stopped all of that madness and started looking at why we want to continue. So there's, there's a couple parts of why. Why would be why I do this, but almost more importantly is why do I want to keep doing this? You know, why have I done this to this point? And why, starting today, do I choose to do this in the future? And that's very two different, very, two very different questions that... When we say why, people just sort of assume, well, now it is, is the past and the future, and it's not. Our why today, I know my why today would be described very differently than my why of the past. But understanding that and doing a little of that internal work to find out really what motivates me to do things, my why moving forward just continues to grow and change. And it evolves as I evolve, and it gets better as I get better. And the company culture and what we're doing, that's infused into the people, which I know that's what we shared with our team this week, was asking the same question. Do your golden circle. Is why, why do you do what you do? Do you love it? Is, does it make you happy? And I, I love that follow-up question as each team member 
answered the how, what, and why, or the what, how, and why, then you ask them, are you happy? And please use another, describe happy in another word or whatever. And we built on that. And to hear what they said, were saying was amazing. Because that was, that was coming from the heart of each of the team members. That wasn't us pointing at them and making them say what we wanted them to say. It was them sharing themselves yeah, very specifically. Yeah, we had a pretty spectacular team meeting this past week. Mm -hmm. And I did grab a couple of their start with why circles so that I could give a couple of examples. And we had each person look at their why personally. And then we had them look at us as a company to explain um, what it is. So this one that I'll start with is um, start with what one of our uh, team members does. She does construction, she mixes cement, she digs trenches, and she builds things along with doing whatever Al says to do. How she does it is through the love of doing block work because at the end of it, it turns out great. When they have to do different angles and different things like that, they feel very accomplished. Um, how they or how she does it is also she tries to be enthusiastic most days and look forward to the end of the day to see what they have done. Um, how is through problem solving, through muscles, and through figuring things out. And the why is because it's a great experience to have every day, and there's a love for everyone that she's working with. So we got to some of those inner motivations, and it was really powerful listening that was to what to, some of our people were talking about. To hear about. her say that it's, I love to be with these people. Yeah. I mean, that's that saying that we're working absolutely in the right direction of what what is motivating and what people are looking for, because we know that's what ultimately we all want. It was really cool to hear. Definitely. So here's another one, and this is what another one of our team members does. Um, builds cool pool features, builds pools, creates backyards, leads the industry, pours patios and steps, services at pools, does openings and closings. Um, actually, we're talking about the company here, I'm sorry. She's describing um, the company. And how we do this as a company is through rock star marketing, through clear purpose and direction, creatively. Um, how we do it is with determination, with focus. How we do it is working with the right customers. Mm -hmm. Um, and working well as a team and why we exist as a company and why we do this is because we love it because we want to meet great people like us and we want to infuse happiness in everything that we do that's powerful when when someone not us leading the leading the way someone in our organization can say we want to be with great people like us yeah. meaning that she's feeling as part of this team a greatness and it's it's about her but it's about the organization she's feeling good enough about her to make that statement but she's also feeling that way about the organization to be willing to say it mm -hmm. well as when you get to that level and people start really owning that we love being creative we love helping people we love being focused we love feeling and we accomplished love working with amazing and people. customers and yeah that's them the people on the team witnessing the experience mm -hmm. they may not have never experienced in that way before but as they see our interactions with the customers their interactions with the customers that interpretation is 
these customers must be great people, like we're great people while we get along really well. And I feel like this is a good time to bring up someone who might be sitting back listening to that and saying, mm -hmm. oh, well, that sounds great. I don't know that it would be possible for us. And if we break the company into kind of the two divisions that we work with people on the local level, the service and the construction, somebody could look at that and say, well, I can see how it would be easier for you to do that on construction than service because on service you field every phone call and then you, you end up with some people that aren't necessarily like you or awesome. Well, here's what I would say to that. When you become very clear and when we became very clear in our why, we started putting that message out to the world that this is who we are, this is what we do, this is how we do it, this is why we do it, and we started attracting the people that made sense for us. And we get a ton of phone calls, and this is where that screening comes in, because as you become more awesome and as you become more happy, your marketing and everything else is going to reflect that. People will want you more. And what they have to do then is be screened on the way in. And you've got to take the time to tell people no when they don't make sense. And this is one of the things in the class that we teach with our marketing group. We've explained to everybody how we do this. And I know when we started doing that, people would say, no, I don't believe you. They don't teach that in business school. And we said, it works, we promise. Just lean into it for yourself and you'll start to realize that too. And they are coming to realize that. So when somebody calls in and they're interested in working with us on a construction project, one of the things that we always ask is have they been to our website and have they watched our videos? Because if they've done that, they've started to get to know us and our why, and it makes sense to continue the conversation. When someone calls in for construction and they say, I'd like a bid, I would just like to get a price, or here's what I'm looking for, and they're very specifically looking for something that we could do, but we don't, we are very clear in telling them that. So we are able to attract a lot of people who come to love us or want us, and then we in turn select them back, the ones who are like us that fit. On the service side as well, I can see how someone might be a little skeptical. Well, the phone rings, you take the service call, you've got to go out with trucks on the road to make the money. Well, if you're in a market that's anything like our market, and I think ours is maybe, it's a little different than other areas of the country, and I can't speak for certain how everything is different, but we're in the metro Detroit market, and there are a lot of pool companies available in this area. And through our expressing our why and having an awesome stellar service team, we became very clear on the types of work that we would do and the types of people that we would enjoy doing the work for. So the same thing happens when somebody calls in for service. We find out what it is they're looking to have done and if it fits what we would consider taking on, then we'll take it further. We also evaluate their attitude, their happiness level, their, um, the sound of their voice on the phone, all of those factors go into whether or not we'll service them. Because if their why matches with our why, then it can be a match. But if their why is, I want something done cheaply and quickly and I just want my pool to work, but they don't kind of care about treating people well or about having a relationship when this is all said and done, then they don't match. So I don't know if you can speak a little more to that you know, with what I'm trying to express that 
you've got to lean into it. It's not that you flip a switch and it just goes from one end to the other. We've evolved over time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but now from where we are, we can look back at it and kind of explain some more of the steps. I think what you're saying there is, is really critical. Someone who's, this is the first time they've ever heard of this, would almost think we go from over here to over here. You know, our, our brain, our, West, our Western civilization brain goes far right, far left. Uh, politics, uh, right brain, left brain, and, and yet most of us, if you look at most of who we are, we might, and let's go politics for a minute, we might consider ourselves Democrat, we might consider ourselves Republican, and yet when you look at the mainstream America, we're very much in the middle. Maybe we're a little bit more socially driven towards certain things, and then we're fiscally a little more conservative, so we're a little bit right, a little bit left, and we're somewhere in that middle. When we're talking about this, we've grown to be kind of on the fringe in the extreme, but we had to come through that whole middle. And, and that's a part that I think is really important, that you lean into the process. As you start becoming aware that you don't have to take every phone call, that you don't have to feel that everything because you're supposed to, and you can just start saying no to some stuff, and then realize you still get lots of business, and then you say no to some other stuff, and you still get plenty of business, and then you stay, say no to a lot of stuff, and you get only the awesomest stuff, you go, okay, it works. But to go from fielding every phone call thinking you have to run around and quote everything possible under the sun, and then to, to maintain that you have to be as cheap as you can get it because you got to get to work, to going the complete opposite, because we're very far from that now. But along the way, we had to make those baby steps to go, we're from taking every phone call that came in and feeling an obligation or responsibility to them to instead saying, we're only going to take 10% or 15% of those phone calls and actually do something with them was a lot of set of steps to get there. But what happened was, along the way, we changed. The, the industry didn't change, the business didn't change, we did. So we were taking all these phone calls over here and running around like crazy people and then we decided to lean to, into not taking quite as many. And then we reevaluated that and we started understanding, okay, why are we doing this? Do we really want to do all of that work? Are we sure? It was all in that area of why that made us take each step farther. Let's take fewer but better jobs, jobs that we could charge more money for, that we, people would appreciate our expertise, that we can make the same amount of money or more by doing 10% as much work. Now that doesn't make sense for most people because my market's too competitive. No one would ever go for that. Oh no, they will. Because we're in a pretty competitive market. People think Michigan, oh, it's cold, there's no work. This is a pretty competitive market for swimming pools. There's a lot of pool companies, especially in this metro Detroit area, there's a lot of companies vying for work. And yet we've understood that we can make a great living by only taking the top 10% of what we get. Although I will say, because you're a rock star marketer, because you've positioned us in the market, that it's easy to say no because a phone's going to ring in 10 minutes. There's an awful lot of companies out there, and this is where you have to do some of that work first to embrace this, is you have to first get your why right and get your message right and be able to market it in the right way so that your phone doesn't stop ringing. Now, if we were in a position, which we're not, but if we'd been in a position where the phone only rang once, you kind of got to take that because you're desperate for work. And then 
you don't have to, but you think you do. If I don't get this, I won't get another phone call. And if I don't do this, I won't get another phone call. And if I don't do this, and yet, over that spectrum, we were probably once there, maybe never to that extent of begging for that next phone call, but we just understood by leaning into it, let's not take as many of those phone calls. And magically, the phone started ringing more, not less. It's not like we stopped taking work and therefore our phone stops. Instead, our phone calls increased. And that's continued to happen year after year after year. We turn away more work. I think this year we'll turn away a lot more work than we did last year, which last year we turned away way more work than the year before. Well, before we even started the pool season, because we had been at the pool shows, there were many people asking if they could even be on our waiting list to have us do work building for them. And we politely um, referred those people Out. to other companies because it's just not something that fits. So we are so, at this point, we are so grounded in our belief and in our why that we know that that's the right thing for us to do. Mm -hmm. So working on those golden circles as well is where we were able to come up with our like marketing taglines, if you will, or our mission statements for each of our divisions because they, whoever they are, they say you should have a mission statement and then everybody should clearly know what that is. And for a long time, we didn't really have one. And I don't know that I would still call it a mission statement. I mean, I'm explaining yeah, it that way because that's what people might understand. But that's it's the really, that's the box it's, that it's people kind of understand. Our certain way. So we came up with our certain way. So when I drew the three circles and we talked about the service end of things, the what we were striving for, and so we flipped it a little bit. We didn't say what we did, but we flipped it to be what do we want the world to look like as a result of what we're doing. So the what is happy pools. The why is because then we can have happy customers. And in this, oh, or, the I'm how. sorry, that's the, the how. how. So the what is happy pools. The how is by having happy customers. And the why in the middle is because then we can have a happy, happy pool, pool guy. And happy pool guy is also happy pool company. company. It's a company. So yeah. that whole, you know, happy pool guy is the service, happy pools, happy customers, happy pool guy. So back to the start with why conversation. Now let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about Legendary Escapes, the construction building company that we've got. When we started with why and framing our why for that, we started on the outside. What we do, build for the right, or what we do, build the right projects for the right customers. How is with a high level of quality, creativity, and design. And the why in the center is to enjoy the work. And part of enjoying the work is enjoying and absolutely falling in love with the customer. That relationship, loving that relationship. Yeah. And making sure that that is so yummy that I, I hesitate to even say this, but I'm going to say it because so many of our customers have said it already in the last couple years that we've wrecked their con that their, we've wrecked their experience of hiring contractors because not no one can do it to the level that we've done it. And, and that's a great goal to have. It's not slamming any other contractor, but it's hopefully setting the bar higher so that we can blow them away with this awesome feeling and experience 
to the point where they're too afraid to hire anybody else for fear of being let down. Well, our certain way is so magical. They didn't know it was possible before we worked mm -hmm. with them. And now that they do, it's basically changed the world for them. Mm -hmm. And Al is just saying, he's got a great idea. In expressing your why with the world, and when we express our why with the world, we use all of these methods, and we do it really all through our marketing, because that's our first interaction with people. We expect them to have find, found us online. We expect them to kind of watch some of our videos, get to know some of our philosophy. And I do believe in the future we're going to take it a step further. And we will sit down with a potential customer who's gotten through the first couple sets of filters. And we will really explain before they hire us what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. And we'll be so clear about that to make sure that they understand us. You know, because a lot of it is kind of a leap of faith. Especially when we have, you know, engineer or physics-based customers who are expecting flowcharts and choices and specifications on everything. It's a leap of faith to hire us and say yes. And those are the people that I know that are just feeling it. And when we explain this a little bit more, um, then I can see it kind of really setting a great foundation. You know, we already have one, but it'll just be one more way to solidify that strong foundation that we have with people. I think that's... That's that caring enough. Part of this is just caring enough. And, and you use the term, and have many times in the past, your level of give a shit is high. If you don't give a shit, none of this matters. If you don't give a shit about your company, if you're the owner, or other than making money, if that's all that matters, this, is, this isn't any worth listening to. Or if you're an employee that just wants a paycheck and doesn't give a shit, your give a shit doesn't matter. And we're not talking to that level. We're talking to the guy that says, I want to make a difference. So maybe it's not even the owner. Maybe it's somebody sitting behind their desk trying to figure out, wow, there's great potential. What could I do to make a difference in this company because I believe in it enough? Anybody in the company can start with why. It doesn't have to be management. It doesn't have to be any of that. But if you stop and think about your own why you get up every morning and go to work, if you start living from that place, you'll start telling stories about how good it feels to do it, whether you're appreciated or not. You could walk in, and as long as your why is so strong, you don't care if everyone's negative around you. But by having a strong why, you'll influence those around you, and the rest will take care of itself. So it doesn't, this doesn't have to be the owner deciding that we're going to now start with why and tell stories. No. At any level throughout a company, which is what we found out when we took our entire team from the person that's brand new on, on the crew to someone who's been here for 15 years and had them answer all of those how, what, and why stuff about themselves and about the company, and it's just infused in them. Well, let's do a couple more okay. of those. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea because... This, this can be at any level. It doesn't have to start at the top and work its way down. It absolutely can be. And one of the other things that I'll say, too, is our why, I'm just thinking on both the service and the construction end, we're a company who has like limited interaction each year with our existing customers. So if they hire us to open their pool, close their pool, maybe do a service call, 
our level of give a shit about each of our customers is so high that we are like living and eating and breathing and sleeping swimming pools and how is it working and how can we make it better and how can we make sure they're happy so our approach to working with people is not transactional at all mm -hmm. and that's also one of our parameters if we feel like it has to be a transactional relationship will really evaluate if that's something we need on our roster and mm -hmm. if that's all it is we politely refer those away but when it's something we can be invested in that's the type of client that we want to work with and isn't that isn't there a good base for that customer saying how much is it going to cost me I mean really transactional things typically are very much based on price and yet we know statistically and we'll get to this but in a second here is only a small percentage of a buying decision is based on, on price. 21% of a buying decision. The rest of it is quality and customer service and the feel good and all of those things. But if someone's focused purely on price, they're going to miss us completely. Which is, why would we get involved in that situation? So I think price is moderately important, but not really. It's the rest of that stuff, and that's the yummy part that we bring. Mm -hmm. And if your business is purely on price, that's okay. It's just a total different way up the mountain. And, and that can go as long as it can go. And, and I just know for us, we continue to feel like we were banging our head against the wall, trying to get ahead by taking that next job that may or may not help. And how many times have we counseled people within a marketing group and stuff instead of taking that next one because you think you have to? If you're desperate for the next one, the next one's not going to fix it. You have to step back and go, why do I keep repeating this behavior? And that's a, a good part of, if it's a price-based thing, and that's why so much of your service doesn't fit. If all they care about is price and what's going to cost me to get us out there, we know that that's not a good customer for us. We but we had, to, we had to go through all of those, running out to every service call to try to, you know, and then struggle to try to really do it right because they didn't want to pay for it, so we're kind of putting it together in pieces and and that just at some point that falls apart and that's why for us it was really nice for us to move past that well I think we're doing a really good job with expressing our why mm -hmm. these days because this example that I'm going to share next is our newest team member he's been with us for I a believe, month maybe three, three weeks four weeks three well three team meetings so probably okay, six weeks four or five six weeks yeah, no not even yeah. No, probably four. We he probably started the very first he the week of the first the day of so the first team four and meeting. a half weeks. He hadn't even worked in the office with us yet. And he's part time, he's still in high school, he's sixteen. And when we did this activity at our team meeting, here's what he said we do. We build artistic and interesting pools. We build relationships with people just as much as we build pools. How we do this is we maintain a standard of creativity and positivity and we find opportunity to learn and grow with new people. Wait, this is a 16-year-old kid, who's kid. gotten that out of just having been around us a month, Absolutely. understands that. Absolutely, and why we do this is we love to build lifestyles based off of a person's passions, and we thrive on creativity. So to get that in such a short amount of time tells me that we're doing something right. And it's not one person on the team that's able to convey this message. It's every person on our team able to express the answers to all these questions. And then when followed up with the question, does this make you, team member, happy to be doing this with us? 
every one of them said yes. And then, yeah, when the challenge came out, well, give me another word besides happy. And then we got happy, enthusiastic, enthusiastic. authentic, authentically transparent. Um, you know, we just had this thesaurus of yummy mm. words come up about our company. What about the story today? A new member that's only been with us, a new team member that's only been with us a month or so, got to the job, and one of the girls at the job said, Oh, I love that. I love that, that hat. And he gave his hat. He had an Ask the Poor Guy hat on, and he gave it to her. I mean, he hasn't been around us a long time and isn't seasoned in the understanding that he can have another one when he gets to the office, but he was well, compelled he, to give it a moment. He already knows he that. He already knows that. He already yep. does. Yep. Kind of inherently in the DNA of our company and therefore in the DNA mm -hmm. of anybody who comes to work with our company. Like there's a lot of things that go without having to be said mm -hmm. and that spirit of giving is mm -hmm. definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. So we were just sharing what a brand new person with the company was feeling about starting with why. Now I want to share one of the longest running members of the company with what she thinks about the company so she explained what we do is we build fun exciting creative backyards pools retaining walls bars pool houses how we do that is with a fun loving happy crew who are hardworking everyone gets along and a high level of creativity and why is because we love to challenge the boundaries we love to be innovative in our field we love each other and we are constantly striving for that next level, that next um, sense of the creativity and the way of accomplishing things. Mm. So she gets it, in other words. <clears throat> she gets it. Mm. So here's another one, too. And this has been a really fun activity for me in this last week because we, we do have the marketing group on Tuesday nights where we took everyone through this exercise. And, and, then and this is... This is Separate businesses. This is a, a half, a, what, eight or nine different businesses? Different businesses. Okay. Everybody, no matter that. what business they're in, can come up with this. And then when we took our team through it, both as themselves and as a company, like every person can go through this process to really drill down to their why. So here's another one of our workers. As an employee or as an owner, it's the same. And that was the beauty that we found out with taking our team members through their personal why and then what they thought the company yeah, why was. Because yeah. everybody's personal why, like we could take all of these circles and all of those circles Blur combine to form the why of the company and yeah. it's really powerful stuff. So here's another one. And you'll notice I keep saying her because we have more women, we have more women on the than, men than men on the construction mm -hmm. side mm -hmm. and even in the office. We we're, do. We're, we a do. Very, we're very female driven, yeah. which is amazingly so, awesome. Here's what she said she does. Cinderblock, queen, whatever she's told, a wheeler, a pumper, a sculptor, a cleaner. Um, what is Bluestone? What is Home Depot runner? An assistant, a rod buster, a hole digger, and a gopher. <laughs> How she does it is efficiently with an open mind for easier ways, with a positive attitude, with determination, pride in her work, and problem solving. And why she does it is because of our fun customers, the fun atmosphere, the fun team members, time in the sun, getting to work with her dad, um, how the work makes her body feel, the challenge of figuring it out, being valued physically, and satisfaction of a job well done. And I think if you summarize all of those pieces for her, her why is because she loves what she's doing. Yeah. All of these elements combine 
for a pretty kick-ass experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well. And this can be said, so that's an example of someone in the field doing construction, and here's an example of someone in the office with some of the tasks that could be seen as Mundane maybe not as normal. fun. Yeah, right. So what, uh, what this team member does is data entry and blog posts. She. She. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cleaning, organizing, writing articles, answering phone calls, um, creating and editing videos. How she does it is by using her presentation skills, um, feeling good and doing good work, being calm and relaxed, always having fun, and walking in with a smile on every day. And why she does it is because she loves this team and it feels like her second family. She can talk with everyone and she loves being a pool girl. So again, the center of her why is the love of it. The love of being a pool girl. She could do anything and she chooses this and she is as much a pool girl as the girl in the field or the girl who's out doing service or the guy who's in the field or the guy who's out doing service. You know what's really interesting is you don't have to be 40 years old to understand this. This is what a 17? 17 year old girl who's getting that sense who's grounded in herself and understanding that and it all has to do with giving her the freedom to feel that way giving her the the outlet to express herself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. We had we had something happen this week where a customer that we've been working with it's it's kind of difficult. It's one of those one of those relationships where why do we do this? You know, we still make those mistakes and why do we get involved in things that Maybe something fell right through. For me, I know there was a challenge in it for me that I, I thought I would really enjoy because I would enjoy the challenge of the project and not the customer. And I was I was involved in the what instead of the why. But the why for me was a challenge. <clears throat> and he had made some comment regarding, well, why don't you just hire um, grown men or something? He had made a, a comment about our team, Our team being, being young, young and, and, and all of that. Yeah. And he completely misses what it's about. Because those team members are writing stuff like that. I would challenge him in his business to have anyone in his organization talk from that level. And the maturity in this young team, they're not all that age, but you've shared a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 22-year-old, a 50-year-old, I don't know which other, other ones. You know, So they're, they range from... 16 up to 50 yeah. and, and and there's a big range most of them being 19 20 21 22 23 27 yeah. you know there are most of them are in there and yet he kind of had this audacity to say oh you know why don't you hire men no that's what we get you know yeah. because all he concerned himself with obviously is what and how yeah. His why doesn't matter. He can squash people. He can run people over. He can ramrod his employees, which we know he does. He can do all of that. And we would rather love him. Say, why do we do this? So that they come in every day loving it. Think about a 17-year-old kid showing up to work because they love it. Not because they want 20 bucks to be able to go and have fun on the weekend, but because they love it and it feels like a second family to them. What what have we put out to them for the universe? They that that person won't be satisfied with any job that beats them down like eighty eight percent of the people in the world would just get beat down in our in our world in the US based on the statistic we started with. Eighty eight percent of the people are just used to getting beat down. 
I can promise you that not one of these people eventually will leave our organization and be willing to get beat down again. Yeah. They don't have to. No. They can stand in the power of who they are and say, I'm not going to put up with this. There's a better life out for me there for me for somewhere. Well, if we did the golden circles for working with us, the what would be doing work that challenges people that they can enjoy, how positive attitude instilling a and... sense of accomplishment, um, creating avenues for people to explore what they like. That's also why instead of just funneling people into a task and you have to do this because I said so, it's exploring what skills you have, what are you good at, what are you interested in so we can do more of that. And why, at the core of why we, you and I, have such a young team, well such a young team, such a diverse team, um, such an accomplished team, you know, because yeah, one of our members I still can't even think of her as 50 because she's just, she's one of the like girls on the team. She's like a young girl on the team. Um, yeah. Why we do this, and I'm, I'm speaking for both of us, but I think you would agree, is because we, you and I, have this inner desire to help people grow. And when we are able to provide this environment for our team members to learn all these life skills and to grow in all these ways, it's about the work that we do, it's about what it brings to us, but the why we have a team is because of what we're able to help them with in terms of their life and their growth. Absolutely. I Two stories come to mind. One was last year when at a team meeting and we had all sat on the couch to have kind of a conversation with the camera. And remember my brother Rick who is in his mid-50s He's, he's worked on and off with the pool company. He was the one that originally got me the job for the pool company. But he was in his mid-50s. He turned around and looked at all these 18-year-old kids and said, this isn't normal. This isn't what you should expect moving out to the real world, the quote-unquote real world, because most companies don't give a shit. And he'd spent a life of being bounced from that. He did sales. He did all kinds of stuff. He had a great career in this until the market changed. And then a great career in this... And he ended up back with us for a while, which was really cool. He's not here this year, which kind of makes me sad because he was a great part of the organization. But he had looked at all of them and he said, this isn't normal. Don't expect a rah, rah, rah every Friday with just any company, which we know that. Most, most companies don't care. Most people work just enough so they don't get fired. And most companies pay just enough to the employees so that they won't quit. And that's sort of that juggle of whatever. And, and that's really disappointing. But so that was kind of a real poignant moment for me of recognizing you're right, we're making a difference. But to me, the second part of the second, it's not so much of a story as, as a belief or a theory or a, or, or a way of being in our why is we know that most of the people that come into our organization are eventually going to leave. But the goal, the why this and why them and why them with us is that we can help prepare them to be amazing adults in their young adult life and their early 20s life, we can help them figure out why and how they should be treated. And if we can give them the skill set, they can go out to any other job and say, I'm not going to tolerate that. I want to be respected. I want to be rewarded. I want to be recognized. And if you're not going to recognize me, I'm going to go somewhere that does. But most jobs wouldn't give a crap. They're going, to, but I'm training you and I want you to stay here forever because I've invested in you. No, I want to train you to think this way for your sake 
whether it benefits me in the long run or not, it's okay. Because if you can leave these doors and move on, which we know most people will move on, but if we can train you here to believe in yourself enough that you can go out in the world to do whatever you want to do, job well done. And that is as much of the why as building the most creative pools with the most fun, with the most exciting people, and loving everyone else. It's as much that is that we can change the culture of the world around us by helping young people be engaged in this. And that's really important. And that's why we continue to do this and have team meetings and invest in them and talk to them and incentivize them and, and everything else is we want them to go out and change the world. I'd love for every one of them to stay with us forever and put my arms around and hug them and not let them leave, but that's not realistic. It's okay that when that next opportunity, when that next venture in their life comes along, they can take the skills that they learned here because we cared enough to train them and cared enough to change your thinking enough to go out in the world to make a difference. To me, that's way more important than any hours we could have squeezed out of them or the amount of work that we could work them to death because we could get more out of it. That's just as ludicrous and ridiculous, and yet that's what happens with most companies. Well, then the bigger picture for us in the legacy that we're hoping to um, create with the company, which I know that we are, is looking at the three different parts that we have, service and construction, and then the online realm, and knowing that growing this, whatever this is that we have into the next version of itself, is where the industry is going. So as a result of us changing our ways and starting with why, it'll then, through us sharing our philosophies and our stories and all the ways that we do that, it'll start to impact the industry. Mm -hmm. And that's also part of the bigger picture legacy, whether that's franchise, whether it's licensing, whether it's, Just you know, online training, who knows, whether, who who knows? knows what that mm -hmm. becomes in the future. Everything that we're doing right now becomes a part of that. And as a result, the future of happy people working with happy companies for the love of doing the work is something that's entirely possible. Well, I think that's, we don't even know how big and where we're shooting because we're just doing us stuff. We're just being the best version of us that we can be right now and helping the most people around us that we can conceivably be helping the time and the space that we are. But it's a game changer. As we take the time, because you know it's what, Saturday evening? We could be out drinking and partying with our friends. We could be doing all the social life that, oh, got to let go on the weekend. But we're here sharing our concepts and our beliefs. Because we're willing enough to do that over and over and over and over and over again to the tune of thousands of hours of video work and thousands of videos and, and all of that, we will have a significant impact on changing how our industry is viewed. And that's something that, going into it, I don't know that I could have like seen it. When we did video number one and two and three and four and five, which were all pretty corny, but they were the best that we were doing, and I was awkward and scared and, you know, all of that, and you'd put the camera up anyway. Everything vintage becomes cool it, again. It becomes cool again somewhere. These someday might. I don't know. Or me holding a camera up, doing a video of myself, scared In to death. Overalls. With a, overalls with a flip camera, trying to hold it up and walk around. Before you know, selfie sticks. All of that kind of stuff. 
I, I don't know that I could have seen then, nor do I see now, the huge impact that it can have. And you're right, we can change people's lives now, but there's a much bigger calling in this, long term, because as you know, we're amassing this tribe of people that listen to our philosophy and our way. Is it going to change the way the business is done throughout the world? Yeah, probably not. Might. But within the microcosm of what we are, our industry, which is small relative to other industries, but if we can affect change and infect change, if we can, if we can infect people with a whole new sense of why they do what they do, we can change the world. Now, it might be this big of a world. I don't really care. But just as we work on helping each person in our organization grow, we know that when we help someone else grow, we grow. In, in every way, when we push ourselves to that boundary, to that edge, and stretch that one little bit farther, we know that we help our customers stretch farther, we know that we help our employees stretch farther, and we certainly know that we stretch farther. And like a rubber band, once you stretch it beyond that point of elasticity, it never goes back. And that's what happens to us. And that's what will happen to our industry. And that's how we can grow to whatever it's going to be. There's not like an end game. It's not like we're, we're doing this because we're going to get something. It doesn't matter what we get. It's that we're, we're infusing this, this, this desire to just be better and just to make the experience better. We're doing this because it feels good to grow. And it, feels, and it challenges us to grow. I don't know that you would sit down with a camera if you expected to be the same person tomorrow as you are today, that you would sit here and do this. I know for me, maybe for you, which I know is for you too, but I'm trying to like be snarky and say, well, maybe me, maybe you. This challenges me to grow every day because we're going to finish this. We're going to finish this podcast and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what's, what just happened and all of a sudden there's going to be a whole other growth spurt and it's going to be something new. And that could be scary. But we've kind of learned to embrace that scariness. And maybe we're too intense for a lot of people, which is fine. But I would encourage you to listen anyway. Because even if it doesn't feel right right now, I know for me, I listen to the great the great sales guys of the 80s and the 90s. The Zig Ziglar's and the, all of those guys. And they talked in all these fluffy, flashy, amazing, closing the sale and all this stuff that I didn't, couldn't understand. But I continued to listen. And I continue to understand that if I kept my mind in the right way and I thought positive thoughts and I whatever, they did in fact infect and affect my life. And I think the same can happen here. And maybe we're a little more intense than most people. But it's because we live it. We're kind of living this awesome experience that just kind of keeps getting better. I mean, it has its bumps and bruises along the way, but it keeps getting better, doesn't it? It absolutely it does. does. And on that note... Let's call our start with why a wrap. How about that? Yeah, thanks okay. for joining us. Thanks for listening. And we will be back with you with, I'm sure, time. and all kinds of more stuff to get all passionate and excited about.